0: you're listening to real talk slp with your host elise clark the Deviling speechy this is a show to help speech pathologists navigate the slp world with real life stories to celebrate therapy successes and how to persevere when failure comes knocking on your door Well, hello there, Rockstar SLPs. This is Felice Clark, the Dabbling Speechy. Today, we're going to be talking about the pros and cons of a theme-based approach. Now, before we talk about the pros and cons of a theme-based approach, I want to let you know some exciting news. I have finished the theme therapy planning how-to course for the busy SLP, and it's officially here today. Doors are open to sign up for it. You have until March 17th to get into the course. Um, You're going to get all the tools and strategies you need to help with planning by a theme-based approach because It's really, really hard when you have an elementary caseload, right? Uh, We serve a wide range of students, a lot of different goals, and, and, and we don't have prep time, right? So instead of planning always by skill, we can address a lot of different skills using a theme across your caseload. And I get a lot of questions from SLPs with how to do it, or they kind of know what they're doing, but they don't feel confident or they're struggling with the whole analysis paralysis where you're just like, I don't know what to do next. (laughs) Have you ever had that? So that's One of the many reasons why I made this course is to help you build your competence with implementing a theme-based approach so that you continue to have confidence when you're having to make quick decisions for your caseload. And so there's going to be modules about theme therapy, how to pick a theme, you know, tips for picking books, um, organization, there's gonna be a whole module on organizing your materials and staying organized, uh, teaching evidence-based practices while using a theme. Uh, There's going to be therapy in action, and then also a lot of um, examples and tips for creating frameworks to plan the sessions that you're doing for your your school caseload. So this course is really designed for SLPs in the school setting, private practice clinicians that are doing one-on-one therapy can definitely still benefit from all the information in the course as well. You're going to get over 5 clinical maintenance hours for your license and certification. So if this sounds like a professional development that you need now, Head to theme therapy slp.com slash planning course to sign up and, and snag your spot. So again, that's theme therapy slp.com forward slash Planning course. Now, if you're still kind of on the fence about theme therapy, or you're not really sure if it's a good fit for your caseload, I think this episode is definitely going to help you with understanding why it might be a good fit or why not. Um, but if not, also Tonight, I have a free live webinar happening March 8th, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, where I'm going to be showing you a simple framework that makes planning therapy by themes for your elementary caseload effortless. And I've got some bonus tips in there and some bonuses if you tune in live. And tomorrow, March 9th at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, I will be doing another live webinar. So there's two choices for you to attend live. It's definitely best to come live because it's a little bit more fun. So you can grab your, your, you know, a beverage you like to drink. Um, I typically at night I'm just I sip on my lemon water with honey. It's so exciting. <laughs> but that's what I do. I think it's because it's still the winter months. But anyways, I would love to see you there. I will put a link in the show notes to sign up for the live webinar, and I hope to see you there. So let's dive into the pros and cons of a themed based approach. So first off, a theme based approach uses a specific topic or category to frame concepts and language. And so with a theme, when you pick a theme, it allows you to provide a context for your students to understand the information and build background knowledge with the materials that you use. You can do this with books, toys, activities. You could do it with articles, you know, the vocabulary that's part of the theme. That really is an integral component to a theme-based approach. You have to use the vocabulary related to the theme in order for your students to make connections with all those words. And the other thing about a theme-based approach that we need to consider is that we want to make sure that our students are making personal connections with the content that we are providing for them. And so, Themes often have that component embedded into it because it's it's something that they maybe are doing in the classroom. Um, it's something that they can, you know. We always want students to draw personal connections to their daily lives. So I think with a theme-based approach, you really can do that. So here are the pros for using a theme-based approach. Um, again, first pro that I kind of already mentioned: it helps students make personal connections, right? So for example, if you do a pet theme, students can make connections with that theme if they have their own pets or if they know friends or family who have pets, they're going to make connections with that. Um, A lot of, you know, teenagers can make extra money caring for pets. So learning about how to take care of pets and why it's important and how it can support them maybe as an after-school job. Um, you know, or helping out around the house. I mean, it's a very personal connection. So when you pick a theme that can really draw on those types of uh, daily connections, it really can help empower your student, they're gonna be more motivated. I know for myself, when I had to take classes in college for my undergrad that had nothing to do with my major, it was it was really hard sometimes to make those personal connections because I just was like, I'm not interested in this. I just want to go get my degree in speech pathology, right? And that's kind of similar. And I remember I had this professor for a US history class and I was like, oh gosh, it's gonna be boring because historically most of my history teachers in high school, they weren't very good. They did not help me. You know, I really do love history, but it has to really be presented in a way that I can make connections to my own life. And so I remember this teacher in college, he picked these fictional historical books for us to read so that we had this context with which to view what was going on during those time periods. And it really did help me make connections with the historical facts and helped when we were having discussions as a class. And so I really appreciated that. And that's very, very similar to the pro of themed therapy. You can choose to themes that align with the student's curriculum or with uh, themes that you know that they could be experiencing in the classroom um, as much as possible. It's kind of hard sometimes to do that with, you know, have the perfect theme for preschool to sixth grade, but picking a theme that would benefit the majority of your caseload could really cut down on the planning. So the other pro for a theme-based approach really is From my experience, I have seen students be more engaged with the content because we are contextualizing the vocabulary for them. We are providing, you know, we're reducing that cognitive load a little bit. So they're not having to draw from like, well, what the heck does this word mean? Because we've created a framework or a context with which to view that word. And so when they're able to connect with those words and, and reduce some of that processing and, and thinking, and they're able to, Enjoy the learning process a little bit more. And I also found that with using themes, I was able to hit a lot more evidence-based practices with grammar and vocabulary with creating meaningful opportunities for these words when I used a theme-based approach. So for me, especially with some of those vocabulary and grammar goals, themes really helped me, um, Implement more practice and more engaging opportunities for my students. And they don't have to worry about random vocabulary and trying to memorize it because it all interweaves together. So, this next pro can also be a con. We'll get to this later. But once you plan a theme, you can use it year after year. Now, You know, I think a lot of people maybe hesitate to do themes because they think that they're supposed to have sensory bins and crafts and all the toys and, you know, stuffed animals and pretend place scenes. You definitely can do that, but that doesn't mean you have to. And it doesn't mean that it's not going to be effective. So. Once you take the time to gather your materials for the theme, and this could be worksheets, this could be YouTube videos, this could be, you know, books, whatever, you can use that year after year. And if you have downloaded my theme therapy idea guide, it's free. I will link to it in the show notes. It has an editable planner that you can use to keep notes about previous lessons that you've done, um, activities that you did and what skills you targeted, worksheets or websites that you like to use. And so you could have all that information. I like to fill that stuff out um, as I'm doing the theme. And then next year, You have it ready to go. And so sometimes it can feel a little bit overwhelming when you plan a theme um, in the beginning, but the next year you're going to go, oh, yeah, I'm good. I got this (laughs) because it's done for you and you can add to it. So maybe you have some new areas that you wanted to add to it and then year after year you're going to keep using it. So that is my other pro tip that lesson planning in the long run is more efficient. So lesson planning in the long run is more efficient. And you can check out my episode on Real Talk SLP, why I use a theme longer than a week. And I want to say it's episode 44, but don't quote me on that. I will put a link in the show notes to that episode. Oh, it's actually, I just looked it up, it's actually episode 45, Why I Use Themes Longer Than a Week. And and it goes into detail why planning for themes longer than a week, that means using it for two to four weeks can benefit you and it can benefit your students too. And so, yeah, the last pro that I would say is that you can choose themes that align with your students' curriculum um, and and then that way planning is a lot easier because whatever you're planning in your therapy room, your classroom teacher is carrying that over throughout the week or throughout the month. And so what does that mean? Better carry over. It also means that, you know, you can maybe even borrow some of those materials. I remember when um, several of my classrooms were using the unique curriculum and I would ask them like what themes they were doing and then I would plan lessons accordingly and I had access to the unique curriculum too so I would be able to pull from some of those materials to plan lessons and then when we're doing co-teaching together everything just went a little bit more seamlessly when we were aligned with that. Now let's talk about the cons for you Using a theme-based approach. So there are cons. There's cons with every approach, right? And, and sometimes the cons can really be sometimes workarounds. We can find workarounds, but it is good to take stock of where you're at with your caseload, you know, and is this gonna be a good fit for for me? Like for example. If in the long run, it's going to be more efficient, but right now you're sitting with, you know, 20 IEPs to write, you are in over your head, you're stressed out. When do you really think you're going to take, you know, have that time to lesson plan? You know, that might mean like, you know what, this is something that I maybe want to implement at the start of the school year. I'm going to learn, I'm going to get organized, and I'm just going to wait on that. Piece, right? So there are times where we have to take stock of the pros and cons of even our personal situations and what we can tackle. Um, A lot of times I will let people know hey, use a theme that is that you have materials kind of already in your therapy room, or use a theme that you really, really like. And Start there so that you can get the practice with trying it out before you jump all in and say, I'm going to plan themes for 12 different themes. So I have something all month long or, you know, for every single month of the school year and I'm going to prep it all now, you know, instead try doing one theme, try doing something, you know. And see how it goes and see what what made it hard and what what made it what could be a workaround and what was uh, what was happening in your work environment that made it hard or easy and and then go from there. So that is my first con is that it can be time consuming to plan for a variety of goals and ages. And so as you get the pl- hang of planning by themes, the process definitely speeds up, but there is kind of, I don't want to say there's a learning curve, but maybe trying to really get your groove and your confidence with doing a theme can take some time and that's why I pl- I created the theme therapy planning courses to help speed up that process h- help you have a coach to guide you through that process so that you're building your competence and your confidence at the same time and 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 doing it with less overwhelm because who you know we have enough overwhelm in our lives right let's take a little bit of that off our plate so the next con to using a theme based approach is that sometimes a theme is not motivating to your students. The engagement in your sessions could be low. They aren't feeling the theme that you're that you either chose or they just don't connect to the activities that are in the theme, so that can be kind of a like a boo. Um, unfortunately, I've seen that mostly with older students uh, sometimes, and and with younger students too. But. Usually I can find enough components for the younger students that even if it's not like their favorite thing like trains and cars, I can find ways to make it engaging for them. And I can do that too with older kids, but it just takes a little bit more tweaking sometimes and and finding what they want. So the biggest like with this con, there is a total workaround. You can interview your students and ask them, "Well, what are you interested in?" "Oh, you're interested in Minecraft." "Oh, you're interested in you know, and, you know, science stuff. Okay. Or what are you guys learning in, in your class? Well, I'm going to pick this theme because it aligns with what you're doing in the classroom. And don't you want to get a good grade in that class and feel confident with the, with the material? So sometimes even picking a theme that is relate, you know, is going to benefit them is motivating. So you know, having those conversations with your older kids and, and your younger kids too. Like, okay, if this, if they don't like this theme, we should just not use it. Um, and that is a con sometimes of using some of those curriculums that the teachers are given, like the unique curriculum. Sometimes we'll get the theme and the teachers and I are like, I don't think this, the kids don't really seem into this. and we we have to keep doing this all month long you know so those are considerations um and and when you take the effort to prep stuff it can be kind of defeating if the engagement is low but before you just throw you know stop using a theme, reflect on well, how could I have done that? How could I have presented that information a little bit differently to make it something that is engaging for my students? Maybe I needed to incorporate a movement break um, with the theme, or maybe we needed to do something more hands-on. Or, you know, maybe my kid, my students really love they I remember this happened to me in a couple of groups. They did not like it when I stopped the YouTube video to have discussions. So I started using, um, Ed puzzle instead where it automatically would stop for me and ask a question. And then it wasn't me stopping it. It just felt like it was part of the lesson. So I would use videos that were in the theme, but I would use it on Ed Edpuzzle, um, edpuzzle.com. If you have not heard of it, I have some tutorials on my YouTube page about Edpuzzle. But if you Google Ed Puzzle speech therapy, you can learn all about it. It, it. It's for all educators, but speech therapists use it as well. So that is an example of looking at my session and going, OK, that wasn't going very well. My students weren't motivated. How could I switch this up to see if it's my delivery or the actual theme? All right. The next con, it can be hard to do child-led therapy because in a way when we pick a theme we we're kind of saying this is what we're going to do today right um and so if you're doing early intervention or even just trying to allow the child to lead in the play therapy cuz this could happen with you know early elementary kids too or older students um and you're following their lead with an activity they may not, you know, you can't, it's hard to just be like, okay, we're going to play with, you know, baking set today because we're doing a baking theme and they just, they just don't want to do that and that's not really child-led, right? So some workarounds with that is either you start with a structured part of your session where you are directing the play and then, and or the activity and then you get to, you know, you let them go pick what they want to do. Or you can still do a theme, especially if you've talked with the parents and you know that they love transportation or they love play food, and you can put books and toys and play sets out and let them lead what material they're going to choose. So those are some workarounds, but it is definitely harder to do child-led play therapy with a theme because You know, it's child led therapy is very spontaneous and you don't always know where it's going to head. So, which can be exciting and also (laughs) overwhelming, right? (laughs) All right. And so the last con is something that we need to consider. You know, pretty seriously is that using the themed words for your student's speech targets, those may not be a good fit for your student's speech sound disorder diagnosis. So for example, if we were doing like a Valentine's Day theme and we were trying, you know, the student was working on L's and we were trying, you know, we were using all the Valentine's Day words like valentine, lollipop, you know, lucky. I'm trying to think of other words that would happen with that sound, but you get my point, right? So if we're using themed words to target their speech goals, but they really are unintelligible and they really need, you know, a minimal pairs or a cycles approach, we're using Valentine and Lollipop is not the best way to go, right? So every, you know, even when I had a caseload of 70 plus kids, I this is when I started doing theme therapy was I needed a way to cover more of my sessions in less time. And with that, I, I I didn't have every group and every kid on my caseload using a theme-based approach. Okay. Because I was trying to individualize things, you know, and make sure that it aligned with their goals and their needs. So, but when we can approach our caseload with going, okay, well, how many groups can I cover using this theme and know that I confidently covered their goals well, then I'm going to plan and use that over and over again and adapt the materials and activities for those groups. And then those other students who need a very specific approach, I either am going to address their goals in the mixed group or I'm going to find another way to see them so that I am implementing their goals appropriately. So that is something to consider if you have students With a lot of speech sound disorders, you know, you may not want to do a theme, or you can, you can kind of intermix them. You can do some drill um, based on their approach and then find ways to incorporate that theme into your sessions where you feel comfortable with it. So I hope that this was helpful for you. Again, we talked about the pros and cons of a theme-based approach so that you could decide for yourself if this may be a good fit for some or all of your caseload. Now, if you have any questions about a theme-based approach, I really, really encourage you to come to my free live webinar that's happening tonight, because there will be a question and answer, uh, time. There's also going to be some bonuses if you sign up for the theme therapy planning course. So that would be a great place to, uh, connect with me as always, though. You can always email me at Felice Clark at the dabbling speechy, or reach out to me on social media at the dabbling speechy to get your questions answered. So, As always, SLPs, be the SLP that every kid wants to see. I hope you have a great week. Stay inspired. Until next time.